magic lamp. Wonder what happens when I rub it. You have awakened me. I shall grant you three wishes. My first wish is for economic development. My second wish is to save hours of travel time. And my third wish is to create safer roads. You could have just wished for bus rapid transit and gotten all these things with one wish. Make all your transit wishes come true. Learn more about bus rapid transit at indigo.net slash bus dash rapid dash transit. 93 WIBC. It is the Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Kebs here. Casey will be along in just a little bit. And we start the show with some great news. And the great news is that when you let the left talk, they will tell you exactly what they think. If you ever engage with a leftist, the greatest thing that you can do is keep the conversation going because they will eventually say the stuff that they really think out loud. And this was the case yesterday with a U.S. representative by the name of Katie Porter. Now, we have mentioned the name Katie Porter many times on this program. We played audio from her. She is a a far-left radical. I mean, this woman is a complete maniac from the state of California. And she is currently running for the seat that Dianne Feinstein will be, I mean, we guess, maybe Dianne Feinstein doesn't know, but she's about to not run for re-election on. And Katie Porter was on The View yesterday, and she said some stuff that, well, there was a time in this country that the, the that people would be mortified to be associated with or have said out loud or associate with in any shape, form, or fashion. But in the modern political climate in which we live, there is no shame. I think that's the takeaway from the majority of the audio clips that we play on this radio show for you, especially as it relates to the left, that there is no longer any shame. The left used to be really good at not saying the quiet part out loud. We knew they thought it. We knew they believed it. We knew if they were given the levers or control the levers of government, they would enact it, but they didn't say it out loud. And now, because of the climate in which we live and because they know they will have cover, no matter how crazy or insane it is, from the mainstream media, because the mainstream national media is wholly invested in as much radical leftism in their government as they can possibly get. They will be cheerleaders no matter what they say. They won't be held to account no matter what they say. The left feels they can say it out loud, and thus you need to come to places like this to hear the stuff and for us to break it down for you. So here is Katie Porter on The View yesterday. This is a sitting member of the United States Representatives saying that Congress, Congress, one of the most corrupt organizations on the planet, should police the Supreme Court. The problem is, how do you police the Supreme Court? Well, Congress absolutely can and should police the Supreme Court. Residual power for our government is in Congress, yeah. not in the executive branch, not with the president, and not with the Supreme Court. And that's because we're the closest to the people. People elect and unelect us every two years. Um, and so Congress can pass a judicial code of ethics for the Supreme Court. And when we do, by the way, we need to learn from our own mistakes oh. with our congressional codes mm-hmm. of ethics, yep. in which we have seen this exact same play 
say, which is, oops, I'll tell you about it later. And people get off the hook for it. And what it does is it erodes trust in government. It makes people think that um, Congress is corrupt, that court is corrupt, that they can't trust their federal officials. And I don't care what your political views are. A lack of trust in government is a terrible thing to witness in a democracy. And we all need to be part of pushing for more accountability. These people have no shame. Congress, one of the most corrupt organizations on the planet, where insider trading happens like it's going out of style, where people regularly somehow walk in, middle-income ordinary people and come out millionaires, is talking, this woman is saying that she, Congress, should have policing power, enforcement power, over the Supreme Court. You know, I didn't hear that when Obama or Clinton were making the appointments and decisions. You only heard that when a Republican president appointed, the have now appointed the majority of the justices. And in this case, the last three, by and large, have been, for the most part, reliable on defending and upholding the constitution and what it says not what we, not what we like but what the constitution actually says then all of a sudden you see people like Katie Porter say that congress again one of the absolute most corrupt organizations in the entire world should police the supreme court because it is another example of the left wanting to weaponize in this case they want to weaponize their branch of government to put a stranglehold on the judicial branch. They want to once again essentially politicize the judicial branch. It's the same thing that you see time and time again with activist judges across this country who make rulings not based on what the Constitution says or the rule of law says, but what they feel politically. It's the same thing you're seeing in New York with Alvin Bragg jamming the largest square peg you can imagine into the smallest round hole you can imagine in order to justify prosecuting Donald Trump. The courts are supposed to be, when the founding fathers set this country up, the last bastion of independence in which Republican doesn't matter, Democrat doesn't matter, Libertarian doesn't matter, Independent doesn't matter, Apathetic doesn't matter. We are blind to politics. And more and more, every single day, we see an infusion of politics into our justice system and into our courts. And that is a big reason our society continues to erode. 93 WIBC, it's Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob. Casey will be here in just a little bit. More from Katie Porter on The View. And again, like I said, if you let these people keep talking, they will tell you what they want to do and what they're all ultimately about. She says she wants to be in the Senate because, well, there's twice as much power and she gets twice as many people to work under her. So I've absolutely loved being in the House. I love doing oversight. Um, I love doing hearings. And the great thing about the Senate is you get to serve on twice as many committees. You get to have I have an amazing, talented staff. You get to have twice as many staffers. Not not to work for you. Not to help you. Not to better uphold and defend the Constitution. Not to better spread liberty and freedom. This woman, and she said it out loud, wants to be in the Senate because she will be twice as powerful.
And that is ultimately what it is about for the overwhelming majority of people in the United States Congress, both the 450 people in the U.S. House of Representatives and the 100 people in the U.S. Senate. And it is true for both parties. She's silly enough to say it out loud, but it's true for both parties. Let's look right here in Indiana. And you know, one of the reasons, I don't know if you knew this, Kev does, we're number one, number one in the money demo. And the reason we're number one in the money demo, as much as people down the street from us hate that, is because we tell you the truth about both parties. We don't have teams. We don't have sides. We don't cheerlead for anyone. We cheerlead for you. We cheerlead for you, the listener, because you are our family. And we tell you the truth about both sides. And so we can look right here in Indiana where it's not that much different of what's going on in our own upcoming Senate race than what Katie Porter is talking about. It's just the difference is she says it out loud. Look at Jim Banks, who's going to be a U.S. senator, and he's likely going to run unopposed, and the Democrats will put some radical lunatic up against him, and he'll win 65 70% of the vote. When you talk about it being about absolute power, look at Jim Banks. What did he do? He ran for leadership in the House of Representatives. Why? Well, at the time, he said it's because I want to bring a conservative voice to the House of Representatives. I want to bring a conservative voice to power in the U.S. House and rise conservatism in the U.S. House. Great. Let's go. And he runs. And apparently, Jim was not very popular with his House colleagues, maybe because he hasn't accomplished much in the time he's been there. And he was resoundingly rejected by his House colleagues for power. What did he do? He didn't stay and fight. He didn't say, I'm going to hold Kevin McCarthy and this leftist group that we elected to many leadership positions in the House accountable. He voted for Kevin McCarthy 15 times for speaker. And it is going to happen, and you're going to see it on the debt ceiling, that Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans, as they always do, are going to stab you in the back. What's the next thing Jim Banks did? Why did he kiss the ring finger of Kevin McCarthy? Not because he really likes Kevin McCarthy. I actually don't think Jim Banks and Kevin McCarthy are aligned politically. He kissed the ring finger of Kevin McCarthy because he knew his next move was to run for the United States Senate. And he knew the only way he could lose is if Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy and their merry band of misfits heavily funded a candidate like Mitch McConnell did Todd Young in 2016, in which they destroyed Marlon Stutzman with millions and millions of dollars in negative television advertising. uh, Jim Banks is a smart dude. He knew that. My point is on all of this, for the overwhelming majority of these people, it is about their own power and their own influence, and they don't care about you at all. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, there was a big event that took place in New York yesterday. Jim Jordan and the uh, uh, members of the United States House of Representatives held a hearing there to showcase the violence uh, that's going on in New York City and Manhattan and how Alvin, Alvin Bragg is doing nothing about that, yet is obsessed with prosecuting Donald Trump. There was some incredible audio from that yesterday. We'll play it for you coming up next. People in government get really upset when you point out how they're not doing their job. 
93 WIBC. It's Kendall and Casey show. I'm Rob Kev's here. Casey will join us here in just a little bit. So Jim Jordan and the Republicans held, uh, decided to hold a hearing yesterday in Manhattan to point out the out-of-control violence there. And they did this primarily to showcase how Alvin Bragg, the district attorney there, is doing nothing to curtail. In many cases, he is even enabling the violence there while obsessively going after Donald Trump. And we get this here on this show quite a bit from our friends down the street from us at 200 West Washington, where when we talk about the gas tax or we talk about the property tax or we talk about them allocating a million and a half dollars in raises for themselves, the lawmakers and their Republican friends get really angry when we have the audacity to talk about it. And they call me names and they say bad things about me and that's fine. Not because they can refute what we're telling you You notice they never come in here and refute what we're telling you because what we're telling you is the truth. They're mad. We're telling you about how they're abusing your finances. And so just as we talked about in the first segment, this this is a bipartisan thing. Government letting you down, government being political at your expense, government not putting you first. Government putting the political interests ahead of you is not a Democrat or Republican thing. These people are bipartisan offenders. And in the case of Alvin Bragg, district attorney there in New York, who is trying to push through just ridiculous charges against Donald Trump, he is putting politics ahead of doing his job for the people, which is to help keep them safe and administer justice. And the Democrats were enraged yesterday that Jim Jordan and the Republicans had the hearing there, not because they can refute what the Republicans are pointing out, which is violence is out of control in New York and Alvin Bragg is not doing anything about it and is in many ways enabling it while obsessively going after Donald Trump. They can't refute that. So what do they do? The Democrats there, and we're about to play you a piece of audio for that, they start name-calling the Republicans The same way as the Republicans here start name-calling me and us and our show because they can't refute what we're telling you about property taxes or gas taxes or giving themselves raises. It's just easier to name-call the people giving you the information. Here's Democrat Hank Johnson of Georgia calling the Republicans here who are having this hearing or pointing out the out-of-control violence in New York. He's not concerned about that. He's not concerned about making New York a safer place. He's concerned that it is being pointed out that there is out-of-control violence in New York and all the Republicans that are there are a bunch of jackbooted thugs. Like jackbooted thugs. They've descended on New York City using violent crime as their pretext. The MAGA Republican extremists are not interested in gun violence or even knife violence. The Republican witnesses who have used their time to criticize District Attorney Bragg have served as props in a MAGA Broadway production. The real purpose in coming to New York City. Can we have order? The real purpose in coming to New York City. Gentlemen, we'll suspend. He's not interested at all at all in helping the people of New York. He's not interested at all, Hank Johnson, 
Democrat from Georgia, not interested at all in making society safer. He's not interested at all in pointing out, yeah, you know what? You got these really major issues here and, well, these trumped up charges, no pun intended, probably aren't a great use of taxpayer time or resources. No, he's interested in putting politics ahead of people. And it's the exact same thing they're doing down the street from me. I hope if you walk away from this show every single day, I, I hope you walk away with one thing, if nothing else. And that is to realize that these politicians in both parties are interested in themselves and their club sport and protecting their party and their tribe above you. They don't care about you at all. All right, <clears throat> when we come back, Micah's going to join us. We'll talk about the Senate Republicans in Indiana telling you to kick rocks on property tax relief. Also, the Republicans are about to raise the gas tax. So much of your money going out the window. We'll talk about it coming up next. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Amen. Amen. It's time to go to church. Take me to church. Here to preach to the choir from the bully pulpit, Pastor Micah Beckwith. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. Let's go to the drivehubler.com hotline. Joined by the conservative voice in the state of Indiana, Pastor Micah Beckwith. All right, Beckwith, your conservative, well, your Republican friends, there ain't many conservatives left over there. The Republicans in the Senate told the taxpayers to kick rocks on property tax reform. Have you defended all these people on Facebook? <laughs> no, I haven't defended them, but I, at the same time, I... I think you're you're right you're right on this issue, Rob. Like you're spot on. I don't know what the heck the legislature is doing. They had a political grand slam. If they could have addressed the property tax issue, if they could have helped Hoosiers out and got us relief, it would have been a win that would have probably politically secured their seats for many more years to come. Because, but but I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know. I think maybe the teachers are are having some you know, backhanded, you know, play in this where they're saying, don't touch our, our taxes. We don't want to, we don't want our school funding to drop. We, I, I don't know what's going on to be honest with you, but at the same time, I'm like, they missed it. This was a, this was something they should have addressed and they didn't do it. You've been right all along on this issue. And I wish they would have, uh, they would have listened to you. Maybe I ought to run for governor. What do you think? <laughs> I think, I think people would love it. I think it would be, it would be the gift that keeps on giving. So uh. I, I, I just, Michael, like, I, I, I just, I don't, and I, our audience hears this almost every single day. I just don't understand because you have local governments that have so much money they don't even know how to spend all of it, and yet you are the party of low taxes and limited government, and you're just refusing. I mean, deliberately refusing to do anything to help people in need. It is. I mean, you have budgets that are bu just busting at the seams on the local level. These property taxes are so high, and then the Republicans get handed this total win, and they go, nah, we're not doing that. Yeah, that's that's true. It's it, it's like 
hey, guys, couldn't we tighten the belt of government? Oh, no, we don't want to do that. We don't want to hurt the spending and the, the income of government. And, and, and these guys go in there saying, we're not for government, we're for the people. And yet, when they get in there, they lose sight of the vision, they lose sight of the people, they get, they get surrounded by the pomp and circumstance of, you know, being down at the state house, and then they just kind of forget about the people. And, you know, we're having to tighten our belts all over the place because of Joe Biden's inflation. And it's like, come on, government, you can cut corners. I mean, we I think I don't know what it's going to be once this budget plays out. But I know the last budget, we had 63 percent of our budget went to education and it, our, it all like our entire budget in, the, in, in Indiana. And I'm looking around at some of our schools and I'm hearing them say, we want more money. We want more money. I'm thinking to myself, good Lord, could we not just tighten the belt a little bit somewhere in government so that the people could have a little relief? And I told you this yesterday in text message, Rob, but you know, when, when, if, you know, Lord willing, I run again, I'm, I'm going to make property taxes uh, a big part of my messaging. Like let's, Let's get the taxes under control. Let's let's save the little guy in Indiana so that we can just live our life and not have to worry about do I put gas in the car today or do I buy groceries? Uh, Michael Beck with our guest. Yeah. So that and especially in light of this video coming out that we've obviously played, Tony's played, Hammer Nigel played. I mean, it's all over the the Fox, yeah. on made Fox News where you've got these superintendents, these assistant superintendents, these administrators at public schools all across the state admitting, yeah we do the CRT, we do the SEL, we do the DEI, and we cover it up from people because we know they don't want it. And this is who the Republican legislature goes, yeah, just keep giving them more money and screw you taxpayers. Yeah, I mean, and and it's funny because Republicans, like my senator and some other people that I know, whenever I said, hey, there's CRT in the schools, they, they would they would say the exact same talking points. They'd be like, where? Where? No, it's not. It's not happening. Like, we hear you saying this, Beckwith. We hear the parents that are upset about this, but it's not happening in Indiana. I got this from, from Republicans all over the place, including my own reps and my own senators, and, 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 and they would say, they would say, no, it's not happening. And now this video comes out exposing everything that we knew to be true, that we've been saying for the last two and a half years, it's happening, and yet the the Republicans still like err on the side of of giving more, more, more to these superintendents, to these administrative states that we have in education, and I and I, I just want people to remember. That, that these are government employees. Teachers are government employees. Now, that doesn't mean that they're bad people. I mean, it's just the same thing with police officers. We saw in 2020 there was an uprising and people said, we have to reform policing. Police officers are government employees. 99% of them are great people. That's great. But there are bad apples. And what we, for some reason in Indiana, in education, we're not allowed to call out the bad apples because the moment you do, then you get labeled this hater. You hate kids. You hate teachers. You, you know, the angry red shirted teachers yes. are going to storm, storm the, you know, the beach <laughs> and they're going to, you know, all this. And, I love, but can, I, can I just say I love the fact that across the state of Indiana, angry red-shirted teachers is now in the vernacular of so many people. I just I I don't know if anything has ever made me prouder as far as politics or radio, Beckwith. Well, you got you got some influence there, Rob. I think you know it's, you're you're a uh, you're a trendsetter. So, well, okay. So, uh, so yeah. Micah Beckwith is our guest, and you mentioned uh, if you run for office again and property taxes being the central part of that, and I think it's a a slam dunk winner. So, are you saying today you're uh, prepared to declare I'm running for? Lieutenant Governor of the state of Indiana. 
Not yet, not yet. But hey, we're we're uh, you know we, there's a couple different roads and avenues that we're looking at, and uh, and it's you know we're this is 2024, Rob. You know we're still in 2023, so uh, you know I like what I'm doing right now, being a pastor, and and uh, I just you know I speak truth anywhere I can, and and if the Lord if the Lord opens the door, I mean I'll, I'll get in there. I, I I hear it all the time from people all over the place. They come to me and say, please run, 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 and. And I'm, and and that's humbling, and I, and that means a lot that they would they would put their, you know, their trust in me to to do something like that. But at the same time, too, I I don't necessarily want to do it. I, I think that's a good quality. I think most people who want to be in office or want power shouldn't have it. And we want to find those people in society to say, hey, listen, I'll do it. I'll serve for a season. Yeah, but, 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 you gotta, but you got to do it because you've got three people running on the Republican side who don't have an original thought between them. They're they're incredibly boring. They're incredibly uncreative. And like you're talking about property taxes, and they just you know they've got this bill in the Senate that's going to raise the gas tax again, which is about to pass. Mike Kreider's bill. Somebody's got to be in there to say, look, I am here to be an agitator. I am here to be for the people. I am not here to be for the Republican Party. And I am here to call out the bullcrap that you people pull on a regular basis. And I think you are the only person who wants to do it who can do it well and i and i would i would certainly do that i mean you know me rob i i certainly call out the bull crap anytime i see it and and i and i think being in there i would absolutely do that why in the heck are we even considering raising taxes anywhere at all like right now in 2023 when our economy is crashing when people are hurting no republican across the the, the nation should be should be even letting the uttering the words tax increase like that's to me i am just absolutely beside myself when when they're talking about raising taxes like on, on the gas tax, when our property taxes are through the roof, when our dollar has very little value anymore, when moms and dads are just trying to put food on the table. And here we have Republicans in the state of Indiana saying, oh, let's raise taxes. I, it ticks me off to no end. Uh, Mike, I'm back with our guest. A couple minutes left here with him. All right, the NRA was here. Pence got booed. That made me very happy. How did you feel about uh, seeing a, a career professional grifter get booed at the NRA? Well, I, I've said this about Mike Pence. I've always, I've always liked his, uh, his, his unapologetic uh, faith. I mean, he really, he'll get up, he'll, he'll champion faith. He, I, I believe he really loves the Lord. But this is what I've, this is what I've said about Mike Pence since probably 2020, since the January 6th stuff went down, and and even going back to his time as governor, he's not, he's not a fighter. When we need someone to fight. The the Marxists, the leftists that are trying to rip our part our, our country apart, um, he he's not the, he won't do it. I mean, we saw what happened with Rifra. He backed down from the fight when it came to Rifra. We saw what happened January six. He actually did have the constitutional authority to to put a ten day hold on or just to say, hey, get get your electors uh, right. Like states like Pennsylvania that overturned their constitution to do what they did, like. He, as the head of the Senate, the president of the Senate, and, and over the Electoral College, he actually had the right to say, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! We're not, we're going to just we're going to put an emergency hold on this," and he didn't do it. 
And I think it was because he was scared. He didn't want to fight. And and now, you know, uh, I, and I'll give you this example, too. This past summer, Rob, when we were going through Senate Bill 1, the abortion bill, finally Roe was overturned, and Indiana had the, had the awesome responsibility of being the first state after Roe overturned was overturned to put an abortion ban in place. Mike Pence was nowhere to be found. I was down at the statehouse. I didn't see Mike Pence. He's a champion of life, and he wasn't even around. And you know who did come, though, to Indiana? It was the sitting vice president, Kamala Harris. She came to Indiana. She came to Indianapolis to champion abortion. But Mike Pence wasn't anywhere to be found. I'm thinking to myself, where is the fighter that we need to defend our liberties? And, and I think that's why he probably got booed, to be honest with you. I think people just are saying, listen, man, you're not a fighter. And I like you as a person. I think you're a good Christian uh, man. But Man, we have got to send fighters into this battle. Uh, I'm very excited for you to be lieutenant governor so we can set up our radio show outside the lieutenant governor's <laughs> office and some burly security man will not be kicking me out of the building. Is that wrong oh, that man, I am I, just I totally self-interested? <laughs> I would love it, man. That's the that's going to be uh, absolutely happening. So. <laughs> uh, if you want a zoo at the Statehouse, vote for Beckwith. Micah Beckwith, thank you, my friend. <laughs> Hey, thanks. Appreciate it. 93 WIBC, it's Kendall and Casey Show. Hey, guys. Very important question for you. If you could get a 35% bonus when you invest your money, would you take it? Like, if you invest $100,000, you'd get a $35,000 bonus. If you invest $200,000, you get a $70,000 bonus. This could happen and learn how it could happen and how you could get a 35% bonus from Bill Demery, your retirement guy. Casey and I believe in Bill so much, we became clients too. Not only will you get a 35% bonus, you'll sleep well at night knowing your money is backed by an A-plus insurance company that's been in business for 140 years and has $2.5 trillion in assets. To learn how you could get your 35% bonus, call 317-932-9912. It's Bill Demery at 317-932-9912. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. You want to tell everybody where you were? No, I don't. I really, really don't. For, for those of you who are, are just tuning in, Casey missed uh, the first three segments of the show today. And um, she was... Uh, what, she, what, what are you going to say, No, Bob? I was just saying you just... I, I just... Just thought you might want to let the audience know what was going on. Aren't you grateful that I'm here? That oh, I'm I made so it? happy you made it back in one piece and in a timely fashion and in one, in one, just you're safe and sound. Okay, we'll get to the bottom of it eventually, but I'm grateful that you and Kevin held down the fort. So let's talk about <laughs> Kevin McCarthy. He pledged yesterday to pass legislation to raise the nation's debt ceiling. He said there is one condition. We're going to cap the future federal spending increases at 1%. And see, this is why you should have absolutely no faith in the Republicans, because he came out and already told you, well, no matter what, we're going to do it. So, I mean, this is this is why see, and we're going to play some audio here of McCarthy complaining about Biden not meeting with him. If you're Biden, why would you meet with Kevin exactly. McCarthy? Exactly. He doesn't have to, because McCarthy already said 
then entitlements are off the table. They're nope. not going to touch it. So why did Biden doesn't need to negotiate? Absolutely. And the re- track record of the Republicans is at the end of the day, they almost always roll over and play dead mm-hmm. and they give in to whatever the Democrats want. And they're not serious. I mean, the Republicans, for all this talk about debts and deficit spending, it was the Republicans who printed $5 trillion during COVID. It's not like Kevin McCarthy, there's any track record where you'd go, wow, he's a real, he's got a real track record of being a hard ass and, and a fiscal hawk. It's not Thomas Massey that you're dealing with here. Kevin McCarthy is one of the establishment. He is one of the people, McConnell and Schumer and those people. He had to say what he had to say to become the speaker, and he's kept up a strong face. But all this, you know, keep seeing these things that they send out. In the first 100 days, we've da-da-da, da-da-da-da. No, you haven't, because none of it got passed. It all died in the Senate, and if it had passed the Senate, you knew it was going to get vetoed by, you ain't done nothing. You've done stuff that you can send out in a press release to try to fool stupid people into think you're working. You have all the power right now. Whatever Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans do with the debt ceiling, you will see what they are serious about. Okay, so he said yesterday when he spoke at the New York Stock Exchange that the nation's debt load is a ticking time bomb. Went on to say that we're now $31 trillion in debt. That's more than the entire economy of America. He said it's unsustainable. He said Biden is missing in action. He went on to say that Biden and the Senate have ignored the crisis. Crisis. Yeah, but he, no, 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 he really kind of made Biden sound like a big baby. But at the end of the day, he's the one who's going to roll over. Well, exactly. And time out, time out, time out. Doesn't that just enrage you, Casey? Because he did it. McCarthy and his Republican colleagues printed all that money. They created the new baseline on all of this during COVID. Mm-hmm. And let's not act like they were balancing budgets before COVID. They were running deficits in the hundreds of billions of dollars pre-COVID. This is disgusting when these people do this. And people all the time say, why are you, you know, why are you so hard on this guy? Because he's a charlatan. He desperately wanted to be Speaker of the House. And he said and continues to say whatever he needs to keep himself in that position. But the results are going to show you. I already know how this play is going to end. You may get some minor irrelevant spending cuts that in the grand scheme of things are the equivalent of if I looked at you and said, here is one dollar. Am I giving you a dollar? Yes. Does that help your financial situation? You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Mayor Boss Hogsett giving me a $100 credit on my property taxes, even though my bill raised $500 overall. Absolutely. And let's point out, though, credit where credit's due. Joe Hogsett has done more for property tax relief than the entire Indiana Republican Party. Here is McCarthy uh, whining about Joe Biden. I met with President Biden at the White House on February 1st. 75 days ago. During our meeting, I told the president clearly, let's find a way to come to an agreement. Like we have before. Had the president agreed to negotiate in good faith, we'd already be done. Unfortunately, I have not heard from the White House since our very first meeting. President Biden has been missing in action and misleading the public. Mr. President, with all due respect, enough is enough. What does that even mean, Casey? We don't even know what his demands are. You know what he should do? I am demanding a balanced budget. And if we are not talking about a balanced budget, 
then we out of here and good luck on the default. Yeah. That would tell me he's serious. Instead of this, it's a, he, oh, oh, he, he hasn't called me in 75 days. Oh, come back to the table and please. <laughs> he said he's missing in action. No, he's not. He's been in Ireland on vacation with the fam. He, he's been parading Hunter around Ireland, so he's not missing in action. He, he, he did say, and he did admit it out loud, which is amazing since Kevin McCarthy and the Republicans printed $5 trillion in 2020, spending limits will curve inflation. I have full confidence that if we limit our federal spending, if we save the taxpayer money, if we grow our economy, yes, we will end the dependence on China. We will curve inflation, and we will protect Social Security and Medicare for the next generation. And America will be stronger for it. He's so full of if crap. Sorry. He's so full of crap. His whole party's so full of crap. Because if they believed that, the Republicans had all levers of government from 2016 through 2018. What'd they do? They kept running up hundreds of billions of dollars in deficits. They don't care about this. They don't care about you at all. Inflation wasn't something they just snapped their fingers on. We've been building up an almost $32 trillion national debt over years and years and years. Many, many years it was run and added to by the Republicans. He is so full of crap, and he doesn't believe it. If you hooked him up to a lie detector test, that thing would start going, eh, eh, eh. It starts smoking. <laughs> They'd have to abandon the building. And yet people just in the, in the Republican Party just go, oh, Republicans are getting serious. <laughs> oh. All right, it is 956. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Feed me.